Words, they get golly hard when they jumble. Jumping over hurdles, slowing birds like a turtle. Merkin fool, like squirtle and cake boo. Cold blood is with this rhyme scheme, I'm a boss. This is That Got Me Thinking, and I'm Ellie Newman. This week, I've been thinking about the universe. My guest today is Ula Suoko. She is a renowned musician and manifestation goddess of wise woman energetics. She's an incredible flutist with a doctoral degree from Juilliard, a transformational coach and writer of the new book, Signs of the Universe, A Practical Guide to Shift Your Story. Her wonderful TEDx talk, Do You See the Signs of the Universe, has been viewed by more than one million people. I recommend you add your name to the viewing list. Welcome, Ula. Thank you so much for joining us today on That Got Me Thinking. Thank you so much, Ellie. I'm just so happy to be here. Thank you. So I actually came across your TED Talk just by happenstance. And the funny thing about it was that morning I had just been sort of dancing around in the kitchen trying to get my energy moving and sort of shift things. I'd I'd woken up in a bit of a funk. And then I was just laughing and smiling after I watched your TED Talk and watched you on stage doing your like wiggle and shake. Well, I'm happy that you got, got to see it and that we are here talking. Yeah, I am too. And and, um, timing also, which is something I think we'll talk about during the conversation plays into it, because I then watched a number of your YouTube videos, and I ordered your book. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to interview Ula, I'm going to invite her on the show. I hope she'll join me. But I just kept like, I've had it for a couple months. And it just like, it doesn't feel right. No, maybe the book is just for me. Maybe I'm not going to do an interview. And then last week, it was just clear as day. I was like, Oh, no, I'm going to ask for an interview. Definitely, this is the time. So it's just been a a nice ride. Um, Maybe we'll start with why it's so important to learn how energy works and to learn your to trust yourself and your intuition I love that Um, often people ask me about the signs of the universe and the first thing is that the signs reflect um, back to us what we offer to the universe and we live in a vibrational universe and and I I love the fact that we can learn so much about that vibrational quality. And I, I always say, let's play. Let's play with the universe because that playfulness um, makes us feel lighter. And when we are lighter, we so-called raise our vibration. What does that mean? That means that we feel better. Vibration is really feeling. And when we learn to understand that we actually can shift and change and transform and even instantly shift our state of being and that way we can begin to choose and we can begin to focus our thoughts and feelings in a way that that begins to create magic and and possibilities and uh, that famous manifestation of the kind of love, life that we want to live. And do you think that that's something that we have naturally when we're born and and when we're children, that it's something we grow out of and and then have to come back to? Mm, That's that's an interesting question. My immediate answer would be yes, absolutely. But when you asked it, I I also want to reflect on that a little bit because, because that's also a story, you know, in a way like go back to, there's no going back. There's just discovering what we already are. So yes, we do come with it because because we come with everything. We are the universe, really. 
No, I love that. And it's funny because I thought of the question. It wasn't on my list. I thought of the question when, when you were talking and just imagining the feeling of, of lightness and playfulness and connection and trust when, when we're little. And, and I love that you, you unpacked it as far as it, it's, or maybe, and well, I'm sure this will come up in our conversation furthermore, but the tendency to make it more difficult, right? Like my suggestion that, oh, it's something that's lost and we have to come back to it or we have to figure out how to go back, right? Instead of the idea that, no, we still, it's still completely there. It's just opening to it, right? Or focusing on it or, or shifting an attention. Yes. And I'm, I'm really playing with, with my clients, for example, a lot with the fact that we, we, we gather these programmings like for example we are seekers but what if we started being you know discoverers (laughs) let's 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 let go of the seeking and let's begin to discover and to find and I think that that's going to shift everything for us because when we are seeking something it's somehow always out there and and we start to discover is like whoa, it's here, right? And the difference between and and I I did have this in my notes the difference between the looking and the finding, and and I always think about that with parking spaces. Am I looking for a parking space or am I just parking? Because because mm. they're very different. And that's one thing also that uh, that I I invite all of us and myself too. Um, at all times to really be precise with our wording because we are developed enough as human beings at this moment that we are really great manifestors. And and the more we actually consciously take full responsibility of the focus we, we give, the more we can actually manifest what we want rather than what is manifested by default or by the story that we have adopted as ours. And you certainly were um, seeking in the story you tell in your TED Talk, um, and then asking and then receiving all all in a, in a short um, walk down the streets of New York. So maybe you could just share a little bit of that. I'm sure you've told it a thousand times. I've told it many times since I heard it. Um, but maybe a short version of of that big shift that happened for you. Yes, and just to a little bit give light to it. I, I wanted to choose for that talk stories that are readily, um, you know, stories that people can identify with. So so those stories really tell the story when I was seeking. And now fast forward, um, you know, a couple of decades and, uh, and here I am, um, you know, discovering and helping the world to discover. So I just wanted to say that 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 I wanted to show that you know we all are in those moments and at that particular moment I felt somehow stuck or afraid that I don't I am not on the right path and I maybe I'm supposed to do something else altogether because it felt like I'm not getting the signs that I wanted to get. I wasn't getting the green light. I wasn't getting opening doors. Um, As a, you know, Juilliard student and, um, and a performing artist in New York City. And yet there were open doors 
but I didn't see them because they were not what I was seeking, so to speak. So I was missing the the actual open doors that said, hey, come on here, because we need to bring you this way so that you can really become who you who you are, so that you can really begin discovering and finding rather than seeking forever. So a short version of the story is that that in my, I would use a dramatic word uh, like desperation or in my in my feelings of being really low, I decided to talk to the universe. I like the word desperation. It's got so much energetic to it, you know. <laughs> I think that that, that that was probably, yeah. It is like we we often, you know, create dramatic story and we don't realize that the story itself is the trap. So... So anyway, I was playing my part, like, oh, I'm all alone and this is not working and I don't know what to do. And and uh, I mean, those were very real feelings at the time. And and then I uh, decided to talk to the universe and I said, OK, hello, um, I need some help here. I don't know what is what and I can't trust my own intuition because I'm a mess. I, I don't I don't you know, I cannot decipher the wisdom within my heart so give me something that I can understand and I I said give me a sign give me a sign that I understand and then I went for a walk and um, really feeling very low and I saw a book upside down on Broadway and I went to pick up the book and turn it over and the title of the book is the singing flute and you know i'm i'm a flutist and i i was still kind of like oh wow what a coincidence <laughs> and then i opened the book and it says this is a story of a little finnish girl i'm from finland and and i then i was shaking i thought okie dokie i get it this is my son <laughs> and and so so I, I really think that it, it's such a delicious story that that um, that I think that I, I got it because I needed to pass it on, that it was it was given to me, you know, in that in that sense that I can then tell it to you now and I can tell it to my audiences all over the world. But also, I always when I tell it, I want to invite everybody to think of those kind of stories we all have actually these stories like oh my goodness you you don't believe what happened to me so let's look for those stories and let's then make those miraculous moments of shifting and understanding something let's make it a formula so that we can call that magic into our everyday life not in desperation anymore but in that playfulness and do you feel like there had been prior to that maybe smaller signs um smaller callings because i'm thinking you were deep in it right you were in Ju at juilliard getting your doctorate like you were deep in that path um, mm -hmm. and you'd spent a lot of time and effort getting there and i'm i'm just thinking about as you're saying that you know we all have 
um, signs along the way. And um, I'm wondering if you had been noticing them and and maybe not trusting them or not being convinced. And it wasn't until you got this actual book in your path of of the Finnish flutist that you were like, okay, okay, I, no, no more doubt. Well, in fact, I was in New York because I had been following signs. Mm-hmm. So, so I was, I, I everything um, was, um, you know, uh, following following signs, and and it wasn't that I wasn't paying attention. I was, but, and they worked out. It was just that moment when when I felt scared, you know, about my future, that this very powerful symbolical event took place but but everything you know even even you know playing the flute and and moving along and at Juilliard one of my biggest um, gifts and um, the most deep you know the deepest learning experiences happened when I played by the bedside of of um, hospice care patients, and I I went to mental wards, you know, closed mental wards to play for these absolutely beautiful people who who um, taught me what it means to be present with each other and not to have um, a preconceived idea of of what I'm going to even present. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was leading those concerts, I always um, uh, told my fellow musicians that just follow the lead. I'm going to announce each piece as we go, and I have no idea what we are going to perform. And some of the people would not feel comfortable with that, so I had a handful of people with whom I performed, and they had fun with me because they also enjoyed the mm-hmm. fact that they had no idea what the program will will um, contain just a pile of music on the music stand and then off we went. Which takes a a willingness to be vulnerable, right? A a confidence and a trust, but also that willingness to be sort of open and vulnerable. Okay, I'm going to see what happens, not control and and dictate. And I think you got it exactly. And all of that applies to all of us all the time in life for us to be vulnerable because we can think that we are in control so to speak but 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 the most beautiful thing is to learn to flow and be present and learn to respond to the to the present moment rather than react um, to something that we think is or should be uh, or could be but just actually interact here and now with each other and i i really feel that those people showed me the gift because had i tried to control it i would have lost them immediately and there's a i'm not sure it's the right word but there's an irony i'm going to use it because i don't have a better one in the moment there's an irony there in the sense that we think um, or we've been taught or or we've a- adopted the idea that we are safer and um, happier when we are 
in control. And when we're controlling external events, um, or trying to control people so that our life is the way we want it, when in reality, um, that's when we're under this pressure of, of constant anxiety and stress. And the moment that we can let go of that need for that type of control is when we can feel grounded and connected and relaxed. Yeah. And, and for me, particularly, I, there was a time in my life when my mantra was, I'm willing to let go of my need to control. That was honestly one of my mantras because, because it was scary. And I'm a, I'm a Virgo. <laughs> so I, I do, I do want everything to be clear and I'm also fast. So I, I need everything to be chuk, 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 but to let go of that and, and allow space also allows space for different kinds of people that are not as, you know, just that don't function the same mm-hmm. way. So it has been really a beautiful journey to, to learn to understand myself and also then through that to see that that's not the only way to, to perceive and to function and to, and to discover you say whether consciously or by default, we are creating all the time. Um, and that's a big sentence. So I want people to think about it, but we're going to move from that to, to you ask, the universe is talking to you, are you listening? And I'm wondering, do you think that most people are listening and are conscious? And what is it that we are going to um, receive from being more conscious of what the universe is saying yes to? Mm. I think that often we turn to ask for signs when we are a mess. And and then we might not get um, clarity through that. You know, even my my clear sign, the book, um, it, it, I got the sign, I got the memo, <laughs> but, but it took me quite a while to actually then um, understand what it meant because I was still in a, in a place vibrationally of insecurity and really not knowing myself or owning and embodying my path. So I want to to be clear here that finding the book was amazing. But I, as so many of us, um, you know, even the title wasn't enough. It was the singing flute and I was still doubting. Okay, I was more convinced that that was my sign. But then what? It took me quite a while to really understand that I'm already on my path. I'm always on my path. And so are you. We are always on our path because we cannot not be on the path. But we create these stories of, you know, being off or being lost or being stuck. And if we bring ourselves to the present moment and to to see that each moment is an opportunity to kind of reset and choose and choose with clarity um, rather than um, insecurity. And, 
And my first thing that I always say to people when they come with big things like, should I do this or that or the other thing is like, hey, let's play. Let's play. Let's let's have fun with small things. Let's mm, let's choose, you know, what color T-shirt you are wearing today let's choose if you're having orange juice or apple juice or a glass of water let's bless the water let's stand tall and breathe and and dance and move and smile and say yes to little things everyday things so that we are playful and we learn to trust ourselves and we learn to decipher how does no mean to me how does yes mean to me because it might be different from somebody else's well-meaning advice so that we learn to trust ourselves as an instrument and so then we learn to feel what what the yes feels and then we learn to choose what the universe will say yes to as you're talking, I'm loving the element of with those fun and and sort of small focuses of attention and, and behavior shifts that you're you're being conscious, you're you're standing in your power, you're understanding the magic of the universe and yourself and the partnership that you have with it, and and being conscious and and also that you are um, learning to trust it, but know it like what is do I like the green t-shirt or the blue t-shirt more do I want juice or tea this morning right that that connection with self and that inner voice um you know that that sits next to our intuition but that's really saying hey hey this is this is what I like this is what I want this is what what would make me feel good and this is how it would make me feel Remember the the movie Runaway Bride, where um, Julia Roberts' character always ran away just at the wedding. Mm-hmm. I don't you saw it, but mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's Richard Gere. But um, why I'm bringing it up is that she always liked the same eggs as her, you know, fiance, and um, and the you know journalist Richard Gere who also then fell in love with her of course um, um, pointed that out to her that who are you what kind of eggs do you like and that's kind of our story that we often are trying to fit ourselves to what is expected or what we think is expected from us or that we think that we you know we would fit in or we would get validation from or we would be loved for you know, fitting somebody else's idea or or somebody else's values, really. And when we learn to know ourselves and, you know, like Julia Roberts' character, she went to the diner and ordered every single kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> and decided to find out what, yeah, what, what do I like. Yeah. So let's just order all kinds of eggs and uh, and and find out each in our own um, place, like what what do I like? Who am I? Do I like the green T-shirt? Do I like the pink one? Or do I wear a black one? And and that choice can be different every day, but let's start playing with that. It's like 
we, we go to the gym and we do, you know, with small weights first. We don't try to lift, you know, 100 pounds immediately. We do small things. We, we don't run a marathon right away when we get the idea. We start training for it. So it's kind of the same way. We start playing with the universe. We start learning about who am I? Who do I want to be? What is that makes me happy? What are my energetic wings? Um, what uplifts me? What inspires me? What makes me feel lighter? What makes me feel heavier? What does my no feel like? What does my yes feel like? And through that, you can learn to actually then trust the signs because you are the one who gives them meaning. It is not somebody else who gives them meaning. You don't have to ask anyone once you learn to trust yourself. There's a shift there from um, victim to creator. And um, you give such a good guidepost when you say the universe is always saying yes. Um, and, and that it's, it's speaking a language through vibration, but it has no judgment, no conditions. Your personal energy matters. Your vibrational contribution matters. And that all we need do is look and see what we have in our lives at any moment and say, okay, that's what I must have asked for because the universe always says yes. And, yeah. and that you can choose differently or choose again. Yeah. And that you can shift your state of being, um, in, in a way that then that higher consciousness of the universe meets you at that frequency. So you elevate your whole life by shifting your state of being. And not only that, but you also program your brain and your body with that, your own yes. So that, so that you, you start um, programming your brain and body to to create, to look for evidence in the surrounding world for what you feed it, what what your dominant story is. So if if the dominant story for whatever reason, and we all we we've all been there, you know, is like, oh, I'm so tired, and and this sucks, and nothing ever works. Um, then that's pretty much what we are getting. But if we see that, like, okay, who's thinking these thoughts in my head? And how could I make it even just a little bit better? And, and we, we learn to start focusing little by little and being playful, like the, in the TEDx talk I do, the, you know, shaking your body. And, and that's part of being playful because, you know, playfulness is lightness and lightness is raising your vibration and raising your vibration expands your matrix of possibility. And then the universe says yes to that. How may I serve and what shall we order from the cosmic kitchen? You can order what, whatever. Then your mind says, oh, no, not whatever. I, that's impossible. That's a lie. Well, it's a, it's a lie if you choose it to be a lie. Um, but, but find then your truth. Find your truth. 
And there's a there's I, I want to talk about it maybe a little later the the kind of tricky piece about about making that shift. But let's talk more about the mind because the mind can be tricky, right? And and the the stories that it tells and the resistance that it puts up and partly, you know, keeping ourselves small, maybe to try to keep ourselves safe, the idea that we have to fight and struggle. But beyond that, just the neuroscience, which you talk about quite a bit in the book, um, and the idea that research shows we think 60,000 to 70,000 thoughts every day, and that about 90% of them are exactly the same as the day before. Um, (laughs) And that we we think the same thoughts, which trigger the same emotions, which create the same body chemistry, which which all keeps us, you know, I guess, safe and alive for the idea of, of that part of our amygdala that thinks that's a good idea. Um, but for creating the life we want, maybe not always. Um, and and you maybe we, if you would talk a little bit about how our brains are wired to find evidence to support our, our current story. Yeah. There's a lot of research, and and that's not really my field, but I'm fascinated by. I'm reading everything I can, and and I kind of take the inspiration from it. I just want to say that I'm not a neuroscientist, but I I love uh, you know, kind of hanging out with them, and and so so what I find fascinating, what I'm choosing to um, pick from what I'm learning from them, is that um, for example. There is this reticular activating system in our brain that its only job is to to filter through our sensorial system stuff that matches our story, that matches what we what we so-called program our brain, our our vibration and our thoughts. And so it's it's incredible how it it's like a bouncer in a bar that it doesn't let in anything that is not um, matching to to the story that we tell. And so if we are sure that nothing ever works for us, then that part of our brain engages the rest of our brain and hormonal system to make sure that that's our experience from the outside world and from the inside world too and there's there are a lot of studies about how brain doesn't differentiate if something is actually happening or not it takes it as as face value so that's why we have those things you know like fake it till you make it and things like that but but there are a lot of studies where people have um, you know practiced piano in their imagination and they develop the same skills as the ones that practice without the piano um, or or sports people who practice um, you know without actually moving their muscle but when they imagine it their their um, you know uh, muscles are developed as if they were actually doing it so it's fascinating or what I also find fascinating is um, there are studies with um, uh, some people with uh, like maybe schizophrenic, um, um, what, what is it called? You know, schizophrenia. And, um, and when they are in one character, they might be deathly allergic 
to uh, peanuts, let's say. And when they're in another character, they can eat all the peanuts. But it's the same body. And, yeah, it, it's wild. And, yeah, isn't it? There's a multiple personality disorder. And the idea yeah, that, that, yeah, that different personalities have different physiological experiences in the same body. Yes, in the same body. And it's wild so, that we know that and that we know these other things, like you're saying about imagination and the experience you had with one of the rough um, things you were playing with the flute. And, and your professor had told you to go home and just practice it in your imagination. And you realized you were running out of breath in your imagination as well. And it's like, there's so much evidence of this. And yet the majority of us live our lives in a world that has completely different rules of operation. I think that uh, somehow we we have become lazy in in a way that we we think that it should be it should be just somehow magically handed to us and if it's not um, you know it's it doesn't exist and 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 at the same time I'm saying it actually doesn't have to be hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, my question is, what if it wasn't hard? Mm-hmm. What if it was easy? What if it was fun to shift and change and transform? And and that's why also I say, yeah, let's play. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you have to lose if you are in a position where you are not really happy to kind of try something? So and, and maybe that's the scary part. You know, as you're saying it, I'm thinking maybe that's it, that it is magic and it is so easy. And that it if we accept that and live that, then we're t- we have to take responsibility, right? There's no more being victim. There's no more just spending all of our energy in external, like, you know, resistance and, and pushing the river and struggling upstream. And it's like, no, we we are now the magician um, in unison with the universe. And that means 100% responsibility, right, for, for our choices and, and our actions. Yes. And also, I think it's Part like I often talk about stories. You know, we pick these stories already when, when we are growing up, and we pick them not only from our parents and from school, but from the society. You know, depending on where we kind of grow up and you know cultural things and whatnot, and and they become our programming. They become ingrained to us, and there's so much still about um, you know the kind of suffering is somehow noble mm-hmm. and and struggling is you know only through struggling can you um you know reap the uh, rewards but um what if it, you know what if that was what if struggling wasn't necessary and i'm just asking it in a very gentle way so that we could we could look at okay what if i chose to tell a different story so that I could be the master of my universe so so that I could um, you know gear my my um, thoughts and feelings in a way that that would really create a transformation in everything and again I want to also say that there are times in our lives where you know there are things that we we cannot change that are in our experience that can be hard that can be tough that can be i'm not i'm not saying oh let's play with the universe in that sense it's a small um 
small steps kind of thing where you learn to accept where you are, where you learn to love yourself where you are, where you learn to love and honor yourself. You ask yourself, what do I need? And sometimes you need nurturing and gentleness and just peace and quiet. And sometimes you need, you know, kick. Can I say kick butt? I yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so it's like also know yourself in that sense that that what is it that you need? Honor yourself. Listen to yourself. Find out what what helps when you do need nurturing, when you do need resting, when you do need, you know, or when you need energizing. What do you need? When What can you do to help your system to be energized and uplifted or nurtured and held and understood and accepted? And you, you say in the book, we see the world through the eyes of our dominant story and always find proof for it everywhere we go. So all of these elements that you just mentioned, our upbringing, our culture, the messages that we've had, our earlier experiences, right? They're all leaning in to create this dominant story. And then wherever we look, we're seeing evidence that, oh, yes, that's that's the way the world works. That's what we see. Because our mind goes to um, finding evidence to substantiate our, our stories. Um, you talk about... Oh, go ahead. You said the mind before we, we kind of started talking about the mind. And another thing that I've learned really is that the mind is a really good thing. It's a handy thing, but it only knows what it knows already. So it, it, um, it, it can, of course, kind of explore ideas and all of that. But, but, but it's through the consciousness that we transform we cannot do it through the mind alone because the mind is trying to keep us in the known in the in what it knows already based on the past experience so often we are being cautious because what if this happened because it already happened or what if this happens because it happened to so and so but then i would just ask what if something fantastic happens what if the unknown brings you the blessings that that you say you're seeking what if you can discover it here and now so let, let's talk a little bit about the the other elements of our consciousness right the the physical consciousness and you talk about the importance of grounding into the physical body so your consciousness can expand and it made me think of when i read that that i used to feel like the two worlds were separate, that there was sort of this physical existence, and then there was this spirit world. And if I let myself go too much to the spirit world with psychic things and intuition and, and feeling stuff that maybe wasn't mine, that it would pull me out of my physical body, and I would literally die. And so it was like, okay, push all of that out, push it away, push it away, and just hold on to this physical body. And it wasn't until just a couple of years ago that I had a, a um, practitioner tell me, you know, they're the same. And the more that you allow yourself, your consciousness to expand and you embrace and allow and receive like the phys- the, the spirit world, or the metaphysical world or, or the, the magic of the universe, like the more you're going to feel um, in your physical body. So, so what are, are your senses and your ideas about the connection with the two and, and the importance of grounding into the physical? 
Oh, the grounding is really, really important. But, but so is so is opening to the universe. So that's why I always begin with breathing in the earth and really feeling how the earth supports us and receives us every step we take and nurtures us and we're made of the same stuff and then we allow our embodiment to start um, flowing that energy of the earth in our in our not only body but in our energy system and then we can receive the light of the universe into that mix and we can allow those two energies to really bless us and bring bring the the two worlds as one in our hearts so that so that we can be having the human experience and be instruments for that light for that creativity for the creation itself for the universe itself allow the 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 energy that creates worlds create not only through us but as us I was tempted to just spend the whole interview just reading quotes from your book because as I went through, I'm like, oh, that's the best. Oh, circle that one. Big heart around that. Um, one of the ones that, that is relevant to what we're talking about right now is you say, and I just love the way you worded this. You said to allow a full human experience in which the spirit soars completely free while embodied. We need to consciously acknowledge, honor, and enjoy the fabulous body temple. And just the element of the... Um, the spirit soaring free while we're, you know, completely free while embodied. Like I just, that's, that's humanness, right? That's our experience right there. Um, one and of the, what, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that's what we came here to experience. You know, we, we, we chose the vessel of the human body to, to, um, to experience what it means to be, in these conditions, you know, with with gravity and with um, with the the density of of the world um, here on Earth, so I say we chose to do it. That's my my way of seeing mm-hmm. it. That's my story of it. <laughs> and I think it's such an important one, and the idea that it's meant to be enjoyed. Um, mm-hmm. As I think we're at a point in history where so many people, we have so much anxiety and stress and just constant spinning, and that people, I think, are feeling um, disconnected to themselves and disconnected to life and to anything other than their, their physical existence, and that... Therefore, you know, the, a sense of sort of pointlessness and meaninglessness and loss, and, and that's not a, a comfortable place to be in. Um, one of the sections in your book is entitled, Feel Your Feelings, Stop the Suffering. Naming your pain and recognizing its triggers help you regulate your feelings so that you don't remain trapped in a web of story that feeds itself through a fear-based thought-feeling loop. What What is that? What does that look like? It's... When we, and that's so human, we, we, we all are well trained in trying to avoid any pain or any uncomfortable feelings because it feels not so great. And so when we avoid it, um, it pushes um, harder. Um, that resistance creates... Um, you know, I, I love the saying, like, what you resist persists. And and the way how I, I see it is like we, 
kind of create a mini contract with the, let's say, universe <laughs> that we say, I don't want that. And so in its kindness, the universe that always says yes, says, okay, dear one, here's more of that so that you can keep not wanting it. And that's often the trap that we fall into. And then we say, oh, no matter what I do, I just can't seem to get rid of it. But what if it wasn't to get rid of it? What if it was to move through it, allow it, accept it, and integrate it into, into love and acceptance and into your experience? Because love is neutral. Love is neutral because it's, it's a space that accepts and loves, no conditions, no judgment. And so if we allow that beauty of space, of our heart space, of love, to receive that, whatever that is that we're so trying to avoid, it, um, it will be integrated into peace and love and, uh, and acceptance and flow. It means also that we have to have that courage to feel our feelings that might not feel so great at every single moment of our lives, but that way at least they can flow and move through. Again, I'm saying it doesn't mean that we're just in a la-la land where you know, we can choose that nothing hard happens or sad happens or devastating happens to us and but that that we can still learn to we can still choose what's happening within us and we can meet it with love and compassion also towards ourselves and and with that is an element that you talk about in the book about paying attention to whether you're moving towards something or avoiding it, right? Because that's the same thing. If your your energetic is all spent about avoiding the thing, it's really spent on the thing, right? Yeah, it, yeah. it's shining the the light there. Then the universe is noticing where where you're shining it. Exactly, that's the thing. And and if you if you don't want something, that something needs to be present so that you keep not wanting it and and so the good thing is to kind of calmly be in the center and yes witness that that you don't want but then maybe ask what is it that I do want what's on the other side of the coin so to speak and what if I let what I don't want be for a moment and I start consciously taking little steps towards what I do want and um, let's say we don't want pain in our lives or sadness or whatnot. So what do we want? We often want peace or freedom. How could I um, gift myself with something that would give me the essence of peace right here, right now, even for, you know, a few seconds and then a few seconds more? And a few seconds more and just kind of allowing the transformation while the, you know, sadness is still there with you. You don't negate it. You don't want it to, you don't, you cannot get rid of these energies, but you can integrate them or transform them and, um, and let them be. I often say, you know, 
invite that that you don't want for a cup of tea or coffee, whatnot, and have a seat and have a talk with them. It's like, okay. And then have dinner with the thing you do want after yeah, tea. Have a fantastic dinner, have what you do want take you out. Yeah, Let yeah. How, how much um, attention do you spend when you're working with your clients on the element of maybe their conflicting beliefs? Like how is an how important is it um, when we're trying to make a shift and, and creating a shift to be aware of the beliefs we might have about whether we deserve something or whether we can have something, um, whether it's possible or whether it's safe? Um, I think it's essential because those beliefs are the only way, uh, only thing um, that is preventing you from getting where you want to be going. And so it's very essential, but it depends on the individual. How do we look at it? And often, you know, it's very obvious um, immediately what those beliefs are. And then we, again, in a, gen in, in a gentle way, we start looking at it and saying, okay, how could we look at this other in another way? I have to say also that I do in my transformational coaching practice, it is not just coaching. Um, I combine it with very, very deep energy work. And um, so a lot of these things that are in the book, for example, absolutely work beautifully. And they are the base of what I go through with my clients as well. But um, but then there is also the aspect of um, being um, an energy worker and, and having, you know, tools that I have used for a long time already in my professional practice that can help in these shifts of, um, of consciousness in a way, in, 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 in beautiful ways. So I love in my work combining those two when I help my private clients. And I think it's so important, right? Because if these beliefs are so substantial that they're having an effect on our operational systems, right? There's an energetic to them that's keeping them in place. And that's really what has to loosen um, and be released for the for the belief to shift. And like I said, you cannot do it only on the level of the mind. Right. Because we have we have uh, many realms of consciousness. It's not just one conscious. We have many realms of consciousness, and we have we have our you know emotional body and spiritual body and incarnational body and karmic body and um, you know epigenetics and all all kind of things that that um, we have to find a perfect flow and harmony and kind of inform all of those departments of the new of the new program so that so that um it's not just on one level but then it it kind of um is is shown that light is shed to all the departments and um, and i also what i love about all of this is that it is not even the um the idea that we do it all all at once no we we have our whole life to kind of move organically and naturally uh the next step and the next step and uh, discover the next realm for us and and discover the joy and discover the expansion and discover new magic and there's always more there's always more 
So even having said all that, having all those layers and all of that, it's 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 part of our experience as human beings here to kind of allow the consciousness to awaken also, you know, little by little to all these possibilities and and uh, for more play. I think that's so critical because that's the ride, right? And I think we oftentimes don't realize that and to have that graciousness and generosity and gratitude towards ourselves and, and towards our spirit that this is this is what the process is the thing, right? We're, we're meant to enjoy it as much as possible, but like that—that's the game um, that that we're playing. And the idea that we'll just fix something, um, solve it, and fix it, and then we'll be done—it's uh, very misleading, I think. And and I think the idea that it's all encompassing, because I know personally for myself, I got trapped in the idea of like, it's just my beliefs, and I just need to work on my beliefs and shift my beliefs. And as I'm reading your book, I was thinking, oh, okay, I'm saying yes to the universe that um, this is what I like, give me some more of that, give me some more things, puzzles to figure out. Um, some more, some more beliefs I can, I can spend my time working on, you know, rather than looking at the at the bigger, complete picture. Um, yeah, that way, when, when you actually, I always start with everybody by playing and raising the vibration. Because then also the questions and the needs shift. When when you first raise your vibration, you have a different play field. So often my clients come and they have, well, I want to figure this out. I, I need to make this choice and I don't know which one to do and I don't know what to do with this and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, you cannot find an answer that will be, you know, satisfying to you from that energetic where you are right now. So we 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 start by, you know, shifting the the state of being first. And once that happens, they almost always forget about the initial question or it's not even important anymore because they are too busy playing and creating in the new field of possibility. And I love that. I love that. I had a client um, last year who, um, you know, wanted to have answers and uh, and didn't um, um, kind of was really impatient and just, well, I just need these practical answers. And I said, well, you know, maybe this work is not really for you. But she's stuck with it until she got the hang of it and she started you know, expanding into possibilities that she hadn't even thought of. And she said to me afterwards, she said, Ula, I hated you the first month. <laughs> I thought this is stupid and this is not going anywhere. And uh, But then she said, but now I'm actually doing something that had it presented to me itself, presented itself to me that first month. I either would not have seen it or I would have brushed it off as not possible for me. And, you know, in three months' time, she was in a totally different place and was able to embrace a new reality for herself. So in the last couple of minutes, let's just talk about a few of the things to, um, what it means to shift your vibration and a few of the things you can do and then how that aligns with um, asking for signs and, and looking and seeing them. I almost said looking for and seeing them. And seeing them. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, as we said, vibration really is how you feel. So asking yourself, 
what makes me feel lighter? What inspires me? What do I love, love, love? What do I say yes to? Even the word yes is something that I use in every language that I work with. So the word yes in English, it just works better than any other language somehow phonetically and vibrationally. So yes, yes, yes. And, um, and also one thing is very important is to embody it. So when you, when you change your physiology, everything changes. So you stand tall and you, you, you smile and you imagine yourself. When I say imagine, you feel with every cell and every atom and photon of your energy system, you, you feel yourself happy. You feel yourself um, at peace. You, you see yourself, what I call see yourself in your highest light, in your highest vision. And it's a feeling based. You don't just see it. You see, feel. For me, seeing is already feeling. So I might always use that word. And then when you do that, you start playing with the signs too. You just choose your signs. You start seeing that, oh, there was that. That's my sign. And you have fun with that. You give it meaning. Begin living meaningful life because you are the storyteller of your life. You are the one who give it meaning. You don't have to ask anyone. Pay attention to your dreams. Create your own dream lexicon because your dreams speak your language and so do the signs of the universe. They speak to you in your way. They speak to me in my way. So let's have that playfulness in choosing and deciding that, yes, that's my sign and it's a good sign. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Ula. Thank you so, so much for joining us on the show. And thank you for your TED Talk and all your videos and your fabulous book. Thank you. Thank you. Such oh, a gift. A lovely, lovely conversation. I hope um, I was able to be somewhat clear so that so that it's uh, inspiring and um, and much love to you thank you so much for doing this program Ellie this is um, fantastic I listened to some of the other episodes and um, you are amazing thank oh, you thank you Ula. thank you so much all right good night have a wonderful evening thank you okay bye-bye <laughs>